0: Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Turn your Bibles with me this morning, if you would. We're going to go to the New Testament, and we're going to go to a book called Ephesians today. Ephesians, it's a book in the New Testament. It's, uh, it's, it's really, you know, if you ever study your Bible, you're going to come across these words called an epistle, a Pauline epistle. What is a Pauline epistle? Literally, can I just make it simple for you? It's a letter written by Paul a certain place okay and so this letter called Ephesians was not a book back then but it was a a a letter written to the people in Ephesus and a guy named Paul wrote it and uh, we're going to read some really awesome uh, portions of scripture out of this today as we start our new series entitled the key to everything now you see up there it says the key to everything and then you see at the bottom it says unlocking the secret to your success all right now, uh, some of you might oh, I'm sorry, yeah, all the young people, see you later, whatever, you don't like my preaching, bye, <laughs> class is on, my bad, um, jerks, and, uh, uh, you might see that up there and you might think, yeah, pastor's going to share us some, with us some keys and how I can be successful in every area of my life. And you might instantly begin to think about success in a business, uh, success in a relationship, success in your finances. And I really do believe that God wants you to be successful in all of the areas of your life. But here's what you're going to discover, ladies and gentlemen, as you begin to look at that and think, okay, I'm ready. I want to find success in everything. What you're going to discover is that success does not come through something I've obtained, success comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let me say that again. Success doesn't come through you learning some keys to unlock some, some secrets, you know, and all of a sudden now I'm successful. It doesn't come. Success is not measured by something you obtain. Success is measured by a relationship with Jesus Christ. I believe that with all my heart. Now, now, Pastor, are you saying that if I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'll have success in everything in my life? Listen to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what everything else looks like. You'll still feel like a success because you're in Jesus Christ. That's why Paul wrote in another letter he wrote, he said this, he said, I've learned how to have nothing, and I've learned how to have a lot, but in every circumstance I find myself in, I've learned how to be content, amen, because success is not you having a bigger house, success is not you having a greater business, success is not you having more money in the bank, and I know you're sitting there saying, pastor, it sure would be nice, yes, it would, okay, I know you bought your lotto ticket, so did I nine hundred million dollars I mean I'm spending two bucks I don't care what your theology is on gambling all right yeah okay no one won it so now it's up to one billion dollars don't tell me you're not going to go spend two bucks on a lotto ticket all right I might even spend four okay don't judge me all right you better go do whatever you feel like you need to do all right now, yeah, sure, it would be nice, but what I've discovered is this. As I read Scripture, success does not come by something I obtain. Success comes from a relationship in Jesus Christ. So, therefore, no matter what my life looks like, no matter what's happening around me, man, I can feel like a success. And let me tell you something. I'm not just, just sharing this with you today. I'm talking to myself today, All right. Because as we started this church many years ago, originally as urban church, and, and then went through some obstacles and had to move different locations because of either because of growth or because of, of lack of parking or because of the, you know, the schools and we had to just move or, or it was because of the arson that hit us or the break-ins we've had. It's been a crazy journey. Listen to me. If I measured my success by what I see in the natural, I would feel like a failure sometimes. Amen? But the Bible says we walk by faith not by sight, amen, and so I want you to know something, you might look at your circumstance, your situation right now and say, Pastor, I don't know, I don't feel like a success, I don't know, I don't, I don't even have that much money, I don't even have a job, or whatever it is, I want you to know something, man, success is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ, amen, we could probably just stop right there and have an altar call, but i love to preach, so we won't, come on. The key to this relationship, I believe, though, is this. And this, you can put this as the key to the relationship or the key to everything. I believe the key to it is when grace and obedience connect. I believe that, that the relationship that we have in Christ Man, it is at its all-time optimum when we see grace and obedience begin to connect, and so we're going to talk about that today. As a matter of fact, you see this whole idea throughout Scripture. You can call it divine sovereignty and human responsibility. You can call it grace, and you can call it faith. Uh, I like this idea of obedience because honestly, faith to me is—it's really just obedience in action, right? I'm obeying, and then my faith is seen we see this idea throughout Scripture. Let me give you a couple of them. Isaiah 55, verse 6. This is an Old Testament passage. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Okay? Well, what's that telling us? That's telling us that God made himself available to be found, and he positioned himself close enough where he can hear you, but we still need to do some seeking, and we still need to do some calling. Right? It's his grace that positioned himself and made himself available. It's his grace that put him in that place where he's going to hear your voice. But then there's the obedience side or the human responsibility side that says, you know what, I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord and I'm going to seek him right now. Are you with me? It's this idea of grace and obedience working together. James chapter 4, this is a New Testament one. James chapter 4 verse 8 says this, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Now I don't care how many different ways you spin this verse, it is very clear, ladies and gentlemen, that we, yes, he gives us the ability, he gives us the power to draw near to him, but guess what, we still have to make the step in obedience and draw near to him and then he draws near to us. Well, who did the drawing first? Well, he did, right? He put the initiative in you. He put it in you, and he's calling to you. And all of a sudden, you, in obedience, take that step. And guess what? He takes the step. And last time I checked, God's steps are a lot bigger than our steps, right? And so your little baby step to draw near to him, you know, and he's like, because he's God. He's big. Are you with me? Okay? But there's this idea of grace and obedience. Let me give you another one. Hebrews 4.16. I love this one. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says this, therefore let us. Everybody say us. Yes. Now who's doing the approaching? Look at it. Therefore let us approach the throne of grace. Well, where's the throne at, pastor? Okay? Okay, it's it's figuratively speaking, let us approach God. Okay? How do we do that? Through prayer, through worship like we did this morning, through cracking open our Bible or hitting the on button on our Bible. Come on somebody. Right? And we begin to, now look at what it says. Therefore, let us let's approach the throne of grace with boldness. Why with boldness? Because he put the initiative inside of us, the ability to draw near. Why did he do that? Because he wants you to. So we can be bold in that, knowing that he wants us to, so that we may receive mercy and find grace and help us, that will help us at the proper time. He provides the grace, but we've got to approach the throne. Are you with me this morning? In Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 10, and uh, as we read this today, let me just give you a little bit of a background on Ephesians. Ephesians, once again, is written by a guy named Paul, okay, and uh, here's the thing you need to understand about Paul. He's actually in prison when he writes it, right? That's important to know because some of the things that he writes about, you think, well, that's easy for you to say, Paul. No, he's in prison, right? Right? And he has this proper perspective. And so he writes this from prison uh, to the people at Ephesus. There's actually some debate whether or not it was written just specifically for Ephesus or not. Because a lot of his other letters start out with specific greetings to specific people in that place. Ephesians does not. And so the belief is, although it was sent to the people of Ephesus, that it was meant to be circulated widely. So that many people would read it and learn from it. It was written to encourage believers to be uh, fulfilled followers of Jesus Christ. And not only fulfilled, but fruitful followers. Now, notice that he doesn't want you just to be in relationship. He wants you to be in a fruitful relationship. A couple other things. It's said that if you study Ephesians, it will help you to fortify and to establish uh, you in the the purpose and the calling that God has on your life. I don't know about you, but I want to read Ephesians over and over again to help by his grace identify God what are you calling me to do and how can I fulfill what you're calling me to do amen amen so let's read it with that knowledge let's read it Ephesians chapter 2 starting in verse 1 and it says and you were dead now, once again, remember, this is Paul writing, and yes, it was sent to the people of Ephesus, but, but the belief is it was meant to be circulated widely, and here we have it canonized in Scripture, and so it's speaking to us today. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the ways of the world, according to the ruler who exercises authority over the lower heavens. The spirit now working in the disobedient. In other words, there's this, there's this power working on the earth and those that are walking in disobedience separated from God. And we were there once also. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But God. Amen. I like the buts of the Bible. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with the Messiah even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. Now, if you're looking at I want to read that the proper way. You are saved by grace. Yeah. It's the explanation point on there. It's right there, right? It's reading it the proper way. Together with Christ Jesus, he also raised us up and seated us in the heavens. Amen. So that in the coming ages, he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us. Where? Through Christ Jesus. Verse 8. For you are saved by grace through faith. You are saved by what he does and stepping out in obedience, that faith factor. And yes, the faith is not from yourself. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. In other words, yes, the salvation, the work of the cross, man, uh, the, the thing that is available to you and I, the forgiveness of sins, we cannot do anything to achieve it. We can't work for it. We can't stress enough about it. We can't show up to church enough. Come on, somebody. We can't serve enough. We can't read enough Bible and pray enough. It is there. It is a gift. It is available. Okay? But by faith, come on, we need to lay hold of that. For we are his creation. This is our, this is our, our, our verse here at, at Canvas Church that we love so much. For we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. Grace, obedience, something powerful happens. The gift of grace available to us. But man, through faith, through obedience, we need to begin to lay hold of that gift and begin to see it working in our life. Amen, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word today. God, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, that Lord, you would speak to us. Uh, Lord, I pray for every person, God, to be encouraged today to walk out of here uh, just with a deeper sense of the love that you have for them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Recently, uh, my oldest daughter started getting into superhero shows, all right, like, like all the Marvel, anybody watch the Marvel shows, okay, yeah, superhero shows, she's, I don't know, like the last 12 months, she is so into these things, and, and so together, uh, my oldest and, and my wife discovered on, I know it's on probably the regular shows, as our TV as well, but we, we only Netflix and chill, come on somebody, all right, and you can define that however you want, uh, but um, we like to watch Netflix, all right? Uh, and so we watch Netflix, and so that's where we end up watching it. And now they're so into this show called Flash. Anybody ever seen Flash? Y'all need to get saved today and watch Flash, all right? Okay, they are so into this show. Not only did, did my oldest daughter and my wife, like, they are honestly like, oh, when's the next one coming out? They're like fiending for it. I need to pray for them, All right. But they're so into the show. Now my younger daughter, who's 11, is so into it too, you know, and they know all the names. And they'll sit around dinner, you know, talking about it. And I feel totally left out because I don't know what's going on. I haven't watched it, all right? I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And so I don't need to watch the show. And, um, and so I'm like, what are you guys talking about? You know, and they're like, oh, dad. You know, they're rolling their eyes. And they're, they're trying to explain this show to me. And I have no clue what's going on. And so I thought, if I want to be a part of the family, come on, feel my pain. If I want to be a part of the family, I should probably start watching Flash so I know what's going on. And I can be, so I can sit around the dinner table and have communion with my family, all right? And so I started watching the show and I'll be honest, with you, I got hooked on, on show one. And the whole premise of this show is, is there's this scientist guy and in one night he's in the lab and because of what he's doing, then there's this big storm, kind of like the ones we just had, watch out, you know, there's, you know, there's this big storm and, and lightning strikes and hits the building that he's in. And somehow the chemicals with the bolt of lightning gets on him. And now he's super fast. Yeah, it's totally based on a true story. And, uh, I'm just like, this is pretty cool, you know? And so I start watching these episodes. I mean, this is a gift. This guy did nothing to deserve it. He wasn't like sitting there, what? You know where I'm going, right? He didn't do anything to deserve it. It wasn't like he was trying to, you know, conjure up some stuff. I need to go, I want to go really fast, you know? And I want to be the fastest guy on the planet so I can save people and help you. No, he was just minding his own business, doing his own thing. And in one moment, this gift was bestowed on him, Right? And I'm watching the episodes, and he discovers this gift and he wants to use it. And so he begins to use it, and then they create this really cool outfit for him, right? And it just kind of continues to blossom and blossom and and grow, and it's really neat. But then there's this one episode where something happens in the episode, and he begins to step away from the gift that is available to him. And he steps away from it. And I'll be honest with you, the whole show is kind of depressing. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you're a superhero. Stop it. Like, you're fast. Go save people. And he steps away from his gift, and now people are, you know, getting hurt and dying and all this stuff, all because he stepped away from his gift, okay? What makes the show so awesome is not the fact that he got struck by lightning and is really fast. What makes the show so awesome is that he understands what has taken place in his life, and he wants to then begin to act on it and begin to use it for the good of humanity. Can I tell you something? What makes the grace of God so awesome, what makes the free gift of God so awesome in our life is not the, oh, yeah, Christ died for me. It's when we realize that Christ died for us and his grace is so good that we begin to walk out in obedience, come on, the gift that he has given to us. Man, it, 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 Honestly, grace unapplied does nothing. And I know there's a big movement in the church culture, Lord. It's all grace. It's all, it's all about Jesus. Yes, it's all about Jesus. The work he did on the cross, and it's all about the grace that he bestowed upon humanity. But if you do not lay hold of that grace and begin to walk in that grace, it is not applied. It does nothing. It sits there dormant. Are you with me? Something powerful happens. Come on, when grace and obedience collide. Something powerful happens happens. God has given us, man, he's bestowed on us this saving grace, but that same saving grace that saved us from sin has not left after sin left you. That grace is on you to do good works. That grace is on you to keep walking in salvation. That same grace that saved you from sins is the same grace that heals your body when you're in a time of need. It's that, are you with me this morning? When grace and obedience connect, and something powerful happens. And I believe, ladies and gentlemen, this is the key. It's, it's really, if, if you look at a key, you know, it has different notches on the key, right? And it fits into that lock and it unlocks that door. I believe this key to unlocking, man, a deeper, greater relationship with Jesus Christ is when grace and obedience connect. When grace and obedience connect, man, when divine sovereignty and human responsibility collide, Man, something powerful happens. Amen? Amen. I believe that over the next several weeks, we're going to see this. We're going to see this as we begin to examine Scripture and and talk with one another. Let me give you this first one. Uh, There's three that I'll give you real quick, and then we'll just look at the first one for a moment. When grace and obedience connect, your God-given purpose is revealed. We're going to see this through scripture, man, when when God's grace comes. And then people begin to take that faith step, that step of obedience. They begin to step out. Wow. They discover something. I believe when grace and obedience connect, that his grace is upon us. Or excuse me, number two, anything is possible. Anything is possible. And the Bible says that with God, anything is possible. Okay. But last time I checked, God uses people on earth. It's powerful. We're going to see this through scripture this month. We're going to see this. We're going to see that when grace and obedience connect, it births revival. It births revival. Your God-given purpose is revealed when faith and obedience connect. I really believe that the key to everything in your life is this very factor. Matthew 8. 3, verse 8, tells us this, it tells us, although yes, we're saved by grace through faith, listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, it tells us, bear fruit worthy of repentance, bear fruit worthy of, well, pastor, I mean, you're not, you're not, you're not doing the bearing, I mean, pastor, you're not, I mean, isn't his grace comes on, cultivates us, and, and you're just a tree, and yet, you know, you don't strive to produce the fruit. No, we don't strive to produce the fruit, okay? His grace comes on us, but here's what the Bible says. We need to bear fruit worthy of repentance. Here's what happens. We need to let the fruit of what God is doing internally inside of us be seen externally outside of us. The Bible says that that people will see our good works and they'll what? Glorify our Father who is in heaven. My my pastor back in Seattle, man, I I love this guy, Uh, one of my heroes in the faith. Uh, His name was Wendell Smith, city church in Seattle, great church. And, uh, man, he would preach, and he could teach like nobody. And he would always use this analogy, and I love this analogy he would always talk about if, if salvation was the end and it was just about you getting saved, it was just all about you and nobody else, then, then he would say this. He said, then why don't we just, you know, you, know, we, you know, we have an altar call and people come up and they give their heart to Jesus. Anybody ever run a church that does that, right? We do that here, right? People give their heart to Jesus and man, the work of God and they're just like, oh man, I feel so new and I feel so clean and then someone comes out and just shoots them. We send them straight to heaven, Right? I mean they're saved now, let's just make sure they get to heaven. If the whole goal was to be saved and get to heaven, then let's just get them saved and get them to heaven. So then you have a chance to mess up. Right? I mean, but you know, it depends on what your theology is. I mean we don't we don't want them to lose their salvation. So let's just get them to heaven really quick. But see, ladies and gentlemen, the whole goal of, yes, man, you know, His grace comes, and you're redeemed, and you're in a relationship with Him, but guess what? He has lots of sons, and He has lots of daughters, and He is not willing that any should perish, but all should come into relationship with Him. And so when you get saved, are you with me today? When you get saved, and you're walking with Jesus, He wants you to be a son and a daughter that then goes and helps other sons and daughters. Come on, realize how good His grace is. Amen? Amen. And I'm telling you, when grace and obedience are connected, something powerful happens. I really believe it. I believe with all my heart when that, when that connection is made, that it's not just me sitting here, but man, it's me laying hold. God, you're so good. Are you with me this morning? We're going to discover that. There's such a balance between grace and faith or obedience. What is grace? Grace. Grace. Simply, and here's a here's a great definition. It's it's the undeserved, unmerited favor of God. Like Paul said in, in in Ephesians that we just read, it's you couldn't work for it. It's the undeserved, unmerited favor of God. He bestowed it on us. What is faith? Faith in that in that, that context that scripture is, is, is really it's 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 obedience, it's 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 action. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna obtain that. It's mine, I'm gonna unwrap it. I'm wrap up. How many of you guys celebrate Christmas? Anybody else celebrate Christmas? A few of you. I'm sorry. Well, we can do it all over again for some of you if you need to do that. But you know what makes Christmas so awesome? At least for us as parents, and we sit there and we distribute all of those gifts. Listen to me. Trust me. My kids did nothing to deserve those presents. <laughs> Probably quite the opposite, actually. Right? They did nothing. But we wrap it up. And we, we get them some really cool stuff and we put it under the tree. Can I, how lame would the Christmas morning be if we just gave them the gift and they're like, wow! I love the box that's probably in there and, right? And we just, we just sit around and stare at wrapped presents. I mean, can you imagine you come over to my house for, for dinner and like, you know, there's just gifts everywhere unopened. Pastor, what's going on? Is there a party coming? No, that's from Christmas eight years ago. Were you guys going to open it? No, what do you mean? No, it's all about the gift. It's all about the gift. It's, it's you know, it's just beautiful, isn't it? Well, sure, I mean, the wrapping paper is kind of outdated, <laughs> right? How lame would that be? But you know what's fulfilling and rewarding as a father is when I see my kids take that gift that they do not deserve, that they did nothing to earn, that they spent no money on, and they begin to unwrap it. And they don't, they're like, oh, are you with me? They're like, yeah, this is what I wanted. What is it, you know, right? Your kids ever done that? I love this, what is it, you know? But there's just something so rewarding and fulfilling as a dad when you see the smile and then they, they unwrap the gift, the grace. The, are you with me? There is something so rewarding about that to our Heavenly Father when He looks down and He sees His sons and His daughters. Not just, oh, it's all that. No, they're unwrapped and they're walking in the fulfillment of this grace. Amen. Amen. Something powerful happens when divine sovereignty and human responsibility connect. I'm telling you, it'll take you to a, a deeper walk with him. It'll take you to a, 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 an awesome place, man. I, I'm telling you, uh, at the end of the month, man, we are going to do our Give It Away Sunday. And let me tell you something, Give It Away Sunday, we could not have done that last year. It was a God-inspired thing. And we stepped out, and we said, here's what we're going to do. We, we said, we're going to bring your debt, bring your emergency bills, bring it. And yeah, we had some people submit some stuff, like, I can't pay my cable bill. And I'm like, Cut your cable. Get Netflix. Come on, somebody. So we didn't know. No, we took these ones, these emergency ones. We said, okay. And we prayed over them as a pastor and as a church. We said, okay, these are the people we're going to help out. And when we, I'm telling you, as we stepped out in obedience to what God's grace was telling us to do on that Sunday, we had no idea, but so much finances flooded into the church on that day that we had so much ability to bless the people that submitted their bills and even extra that is awesome, because we stepped out, and what God was saying, his grace was like, my grace is for my kid. I want to help, and we did it. Not only that, on that day, we blessed the San Diego Dream Center, and we're going to do it again this week, our year, month. So start, start going through your closet, finding some clothes, okay? Or go through your wife's closet, come on, somebody. Find some of her clothes. When we brought all that stuff, they said on that one day, they collected more than they had the whole entire year. Because you guys came and brought so much stuff, we had two trailer, like big trailers, full of stuff. It was awesome. Say again? My wife's talking to me. Yeah, just from this campus, not even our other. It was, it was awesome. I believe that same thing's going to happen this 31st of January. As we come together, we're going to give it away, and we're going to bless people, and we're going to see what happens when grace and obedience collide. Amen? Amen. I believe with all my heart. Here's the problem sometimes is that oftentimes when it's all on grace, if I can, if I can paint this picture for a moment, here's what happens. When you step into a relationship with Jesus Christ, his grace is so good and it's so abundant and his grace is on our life and we feel so fulfilled and we're so like, man, it's kind of like the, 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 the first time ever I, I started dating my wife. Okay, y'all remember that time when you started dating somebody, right? Maybe the person you're married to now, and there was just this fulfillment in this relationship. And wow, my wife is incredible. Well, my wife hit. I was prophesying it, though. I was like, you're going to be my wife. <laughs> she was doing the same thing on the other side. Come on. Okay. And I just was thinking, man, she's so amazing. I love spending time with her. And so all of a sudden, though, this connection, this heart connection now, this, 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 this grace that was there all of a sudden led me into, like, I want to I wanna show her how much. I love her. I want to do things for her. And so I started writing her poems. Come on, somebody. There were some pretty good ones too. Yeah. And you, know, you ain't going to hear them. And, uh, and I was writing her poetry. Now there's some days when she looks back, we've been married for 18 and a half years. She's like, Hey, you haven't written me any poetry lately. <laughs> yeah, it's been 18 and a half years. <laughs> and, uh. But, you know, just do things for her because I love, you know. And all of a sudden, I'm doing stuff for her and doing stuff for her and doing stuff for her. But let me tell you something. If the, if the grace disconnects, if there's no relationship there, if the person I, I fell in love with, if that thing isn't there anymore, guess what? I'm just doing things. I'm just doing things. And pretty soon, she feels like an obligation. Pretty soon, she feels just like, oh, well, she'll probably write another poem. Roses are red, violets are blue, I'm kind of over this relationship, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't know. I'm just saying, if you were there, that was on the spot. Come on, somebody. No notes. (laughs) There's this disconnect. But can I tell you something? On the other side of that, if there's just this, oh my gosh, I love her, I love her, I love her, I love her, I love her. I love her. And I have this, you know, this connection with her, but and nothing ever happens with it. There's a disconnect on the other side. There's a disconnect on the other side. But let me tell you something. When the connection is there and there's this deep love relationship, it's the same with God. When there's this deep love relationship, God, you are so good. God, you are amazing. God, you are wonderful. God, yes, it it, it spawns this obedience and this faith in action. And it's like, well, I just want to serve Him. I just want to, I just want to do things for Him. Not only that, I just want to keep walking in the grace that I felt on day one. And, and so you keep walking in obedience and walking in that grace and flowing in that grace. And, and but here's what happens: if all of a sudden now you stop start negating the relationship. You start focusing on the word. You stop focusing on worship. You stop focusing on prayer. Here's what happens is all of a sudden now there's no longer a heart connection, but all there is is there's just service. There's just service. There's just service. All of a sudden now you feel like you are living and just doing things because there's no connection. It starts with Grace. It's maintained in grace, and the end of it is grace. But when grace is active in our life, there is this thing called obedience. There's these steps that we take, and as we take these steps, dependent on his grace, are you with me? I'm telling you, something supernatural begins to happen. I'm telling for some of you, if you would step out in these 21 days, you don't have to even do the full 21 days. Maybe you're here this morning and say, I've never even prayed and fasted before in my life. Good, don't do the whole 21 days. You will hate prayer and fasting if you've never done it. You say, I'm going to do 21 days. I'm not going to eat or drink or anything. No, don't do that. Okay. But if you would just say, you know what, I'm going I'm to involve myself. I'm telling you right now, his grace is sufficient. It's on you. And as you step out in obedience and you begin to do it, you're going to begin to see some breakthrough in your life. You're going to begin to see some answers in your life. You're going to begin to see some provisions that you were believing for and praying for. You say, well, well, pastor, is it because I prayed? No, it's because his grace came upon you and said, hey, son, daughter. And then you begin to walk out in obedience, the thing that he placed on your life. Are you with me this morning? Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.